Oh, yes. I hear Baywaters laughing, lowing, <laughs> lowly. <laughs> well, anyway, it means one thing, and that is that Cousin Rick is calling from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, RT. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm back. I'm, uh, Sounds like you had a great time and have been uh, transformed. Maybe. I don't know. Um, let's see. Well, do you have a ride of the week for us? Well, we've got two rides of the week because, uh, you know, we uh, we were on hiatus last week for mm-hmm. Rick's Tech Talk. Yes. So we have two vehicles that are on the luxury end of the spectrum. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the first one is the... Volvo XC90B6 all-wheel drive ultimate version. So this is Volvo's uh, SUV. It's got uh, the B6 version has a electric supercharger. Okay, mm-hmm. and so if I can look at my notes here, it's a two-liter four-cylinder engine that puts out. 295 horsepower hooked up to an eight-speed automatic transmission, okay? And it's got, uh, it's a mild hybrid, and uh, it has a uh, large motor generator to uh, work with the start-stop function and to recharge the battery. And the... uh, the, that powertrain, that size, with regen and so on, gives you EPA numbers of 20 miles per gallon city, 26 highway, for a combined number of 22 miles per gallon. Okay, this is uh, it's typical Volvo, uh, Swedish uh, practicality and luxury. And some of the features on the car, the it usually comes with a, Harman Kardon premium sound system, but in the ultimate version, it's got a Bowers and Wilkins stereo entertainment system, which is like a $3,300 option. Mm -hmm. And one of the features of that system is that you can adjust the sound in the system to what they call four room modes to recreate the acoustics of uh, specific type rooms Mm -hmm. and the concert hall mode recreates in Volvo's words the unique acoustic experience of the world famous Gothenburg concert hall (laughs) yes and the other the other rooms are a jazz club and uh, oh let's see I only have the jazz club (laughs) yeah do you you hear the tinkling tinkling of the glass (laughs) <laughs> so that that that's uh, unique to the, the Volvo XC90 mm-hmm. and some of the other features it has a uh, it detects uh in the safety system it not only detects other vehicles but it detects pedestrians, cyclists and large animals. Mm. And that's unique uh when Saab was around that's what they used to do. They used to have uh what they call large animal safety as well. In Sweden, there's a lot of moose running mm-hmm. around the highway. <laughs> and so they uh, test their cars to uh, 
survive collisions with moose, which are animals that their body is high off the road. And so if you hit a moose square on, it comes through at the windshield height. The body of the animal comes through at the windshield height. And so they design their vehicles to survive an impact with a, a large animal at that height. Mm. And uh, so that uh, it's designed for uniquely Swedish, although in New Hampshire, we know uh, nearby there are a lot of moose. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the former state mottos in New Hampshire was, uh, break for moose, it could save your life. <laughs> a, li- a little aside there. Yes. Okay. The uh, it, uh, seven passenger vehicles got three rows of seats, two in the front, two in the middle, and uh, three seats in the back. And so it has four-zone climate control, driver, passenger, and then the two rows of the seat, two rows of seats. It's got a head-up display, and the base price is 69200 But with the all the options on this, it comes out to be $76,995. So... Uh, Let's see, what, some of the other uh, features. Oh, it do, didn't have an AM radio, which uh, I don't like because of, in the Boston area, the, the news station and the traffic uh, reports that you get every 10 minutes are on the AM radio mm. station. Um, how and, about, the, uh, about sports? Well, the, the sports are on FM. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah. But that's a so whole maybe. other thing. Okay. They, they they are lamenting greatly the loss of the Bruins in the first round of the mm-hmm. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes, after and having a three-game one lead. Because <laughs> it's uh, right now it's the uh, confraternity of the miserable <laughs> in the, the papers and on the radio as to another uh, Boston area sports collapse and. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> They're even ranking them. Where does this stand in the pantheon of <laughs> Boston sports uh, disappointment? So I won't go into that, but yeah, okay. it, it, it probably stems also from the Puritan uh, influence in the area that you're not really happy unless you're suffering. <laughs> but, but that's another another thing. But let's go on to the second ride of the week. Yes, yes. Okay, and that is the Genesis. G90 3.5 TE supercharger all-wheel drive. That's another vehicle with an electric supercharger. Okay? And it's in, if I can pronounce this right, it's Uyuni White with a dune beige interior. Uh, (laughs) Very luxurious vehicle. Okay? It's got a 3.5 liter V6 with a, uh, what they say is a 48 volt electric supercharger that gives a total of uh, 409 horsepower. So uh, you can write a song about it, 409. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And it's got uh, an eight speed automatic transmission which gives you EPA numbers of 17 miles per gallon city, 24 highway, for combined number of 20 miles per gallon, okay? But 
in my experience, I took this on a long trip to uh, the epicenter of the Northeast, to Albany, Albany, New York. And by putting it in the eco mode and not really going much over the speed limit, putting it on cruise control, I was getting upwards of 30 miles per gallon. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, mostly highway driving. It features, it has very nice handling. It has rear wheel steering. The rear wheels will steer slightly at low speed. They steer opposite of the front wheels to mm. tighten the turning radius at low speed. And at high speed, they steer in the same direction to eliminate uh, body lean at high speed, uh, like lane switching and so on. And some, there's, there's a lot of technology in the, in the car. You've got uh, power front and rear seats with massaging functions. They're heated and ventilated. And it has what they call a mood curator. If you need your mood curated, <laughs> you've got it here. It, it's a setting that they call it, there's four settings, vitality, delight, care and comfort <laughs> and if you activate these they give you options for seat settings and massage lighting sa ambient sounds and fragrances so you can really play with this i you know wonder if you might get so uh, comfort that you might <laughs> need the uh, passenger alert or the, the driver <laughs> alert system to come on. And that's one, one of the uh, features. It's got active noise control. It, you can also start the car with fingerprint authentication, just like your smartphone. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see, one of the... Well, I found uh, when I was driving with the head-up display on my long trip, my eyes were getting, uh, I said, gee, my eyes feel a little fatigued, and I think I was focusing from the road to the head-up display, and maybe the head-up display wasn't focused as far as my eyes were focusing when I was driving on the road. That's one thing I found. Mm -hmm. And there's almost too much technology in this car that the uh, if you want to open the doors, you have to push a button, and the door opens electronically. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is like a, a reserve uh, semi-mechanical door opening. It's down in the side storage compartment. If you flip that up, it'll open more or less mechanically. Mm. And you can close the door the same thing. If you can't reach the door because it's open so wide, you can push a little button on the console and the door will close automatically. Mm. And... Uh, it's got a wireless phone charger, but the, w the way they put it, it's kind of like, instead of flat, it's kind of like a uh, almost vertical. So you can put your phone in there. If you can charge it wirelessly, it'll charge. But that, I tend to find that it accumulates some dirt down there, and it'd be kind of hard to get out unless you take a vacuum with one of those upholstery mm. uh, attachments. And then finally... I was going to charge my phone with my USB charger, but the only ports in the car are the newer USB port, and so the old USB will not fit the new port. 
Mm. You have to get either a new USB cable or an adapter to fit the old cable to fit the new mm. port. So that, that's what I would say there is too much technology too soon. Mm. But it's a, uh, you know, it's a very luxurious vehicle, that's for sure, mm -hmm. at a very luxurious price. The base price is 98700 with options, it comes out to be 100K plus $370. Woo! <laughs> so you've more than arrived when you can yes. drive the Genesis G90 E Supercharger all-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, do you have anything else for us that automotive? Oh, we've got a we've got a cornucopia today. Hmm. Okay, remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about what happened to me and the Kia EV6 and then the Ionic 5 when I was driving from Rhode Island to Massachusetts and all of a sudden the car sped up as I hit the border? Yes, yes, I do. Well, I called up uh, Kia Hyundai and uh, Jeff Yablansky there was the, uh, the PR, uh, the marketing person. He said he thinks what happened is that one of the somebody who had the car before me activated what they call a, a system that'll adjust the car to the speed limit when you change uh, when the speed limit uh, changes, and also it might have something to do with the way the road sign speed limit reader was working, mm. and maybe a, the way that was adjusted and coupled caused that to happen. But uh, he said he would look into it and. Because he is in the area here, he would get the vehicle and drive it himself and see if that happens to him as well. Mm. So we've got a little ongoing uh, story here with uh, Kia Hyundai. And so that's one, uh, one item. And then also recently, the New England Motor Press Association was briefed by Nissan on their new Aria, A-R-I-Y-A. It's a new vehicle. It's uh, the, the the one we had was the Aria E Force, E dash the number four F O R C E. Mm -hmm. Now this is a new vehicle. It's built on a new platform. It's on their new uh, electric vehicle platform, which is going to be used extensively in the future. And basically, it's a vehicle that, on the outside, it's the size of a subcompact. Oh, uh, say a Nissan Rogue, but interior, it's as big as the Murano uh, midsize, uh, compact vehicle. And basically, because it's all electric, you don't have uh, a, a large motor up front under the hood taking up a lot of space. You have the, the electric motors, they're either on the rear, you, there's two options, a a front-wheel drive or a rear-wheel drive, uh, a front-wheel drive with one motor or an all-wheel drive version with the motor on the front and the rear axle. And there's also two battery options. But the motors are compact. They're down below on the axle, and the battery is below the passenger compartment. So you have a lot of room to put people in the car, which is, can give you a larger size interior. Some of the other uh, features on the car, it's uh, designed because it's electric and you don't have a 
internal combustion engines. It's designed to be quiet, which means they have active noise cancellation, uh, thicker window glass, and uh, tires designed not to produce a lot of road road noise. Mm-hmm. And some of the other features, the it'll come with a standard head-up display, which is interesting. And then the uh, the entry price on the vehicle is below where the average car is. It's forty-three thousand, but you can option it up with the all-wheel drive version and the extended battery up to sixty thousand. The uh, the EPA expected EPA numbers for the standard battery with the single electric motor, uh, you get around 200 miles range. But with the large battery, with the single motor, the front-wheel drive, you get 304 miles range. And if you go with the all-wheel drive battery with the extended range, uh, all-wheel drive with the extended range battery, you get 272 miles. So that's the Nissan Aria, which is just now hitting the showrooms. Um, do you have a Musk minute for us? By oh, now? we we've yeah. got a Musk. Uh, a uh, we're chock a block with Musk. <laughs> so You're basically the Starship. While you were away, <laughs> they attempted to launch the Starship on a one-orbit flight around the Earth, mm-hmm. and uh, well. Elon calls it a success. Well, it's a success if it cleared the launch pad, which it did. Although, uh, you know, it took eight seconds to clear the launch pad. And when you've got like 16,000, 17,000 pounds of thrust pounding on the concrete below with, with, uh, without a flame diverter duct, it just uh, dug a crater down below through concrete <laughs> far and wide into, into uh these tank farm and uh, wildlife refuges around, but sent a dust cloud into a nearby town and so on. And then uh, the vehicle itself went up to just about the point where the second stage would separate from the first stage, and the first stage would flip around and and, uh, normally return to the launch site. But in this test, it was just going to be demonstrating a water landing because it was the first flight. They were just Mm -hmm. going to try that. And uh, the vehicle didn't stage. It started tumbling. And you could see on the way up, it, uh, oh, and Elon in his briefing, uh, debrief, said that three of the engines were uh, not started because they got indications that there was a problem with it. And so it took off with 30 of 33 engines firing, which he said was the minimum number you need to reach orbit. And then, as you can see, as it was going up, there were engines failing all around. And uh, eventually, it looked like eight of the engines were not working when the thing started tumbling. Mm -hmm. And it might have started tumbling because of uh, the engines failing, producing side thrust that caused the vehicle to go into a tumble that couldn't be corrected by the pivoting engines. Elon said, well, if we had a flame, a steel flame deflector plate underneath, it would have taken three more months before we could have launched. But, you know, it took them this long to do it from last year. Three more months might have been worth it to get the thing uh, 
to work a little better on liftoff and not destroy so much of the launch pad. Yeah. It seems like that they yeah. would be facing some fines for uh, ejecting. Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> is in uh, Everybody has their shorts in a knot about this. So <laughs> we'll have to see from the, some environmental groups and the FAA mm-hmm. and other people. Yeah. And we'll have to see how that goes. But he says, oh, we'll have the pad repair in six to eight weeks and four more launches maybe this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think if they can get it fixed and get one more off, they'll be doing okay. Mm. Well, I hate to cut you off, but <laughs> it's getting to the top of the hour. And, uh, okay, well, I've got more if you want it, but no. we'll, uh, we'll get into that next week with okay. some, of the, some of the latest uh, information from our friends at iccars.com. All right. But uh, glad you're back and glad we could get together. Yep, glad we could get together. And that was Cousin Rick calling from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.